Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. We're here. We are. So, welcome. Normally, I do a clap and make a formal introduction. You think I should do that right now? Absolutely. All right, welcome to the show, guys. Um, what's what's kicking in here? I am uh, live in the studio today, in person with Laurie Wren. For those of you that don't know her, she is a top-tier Apex executive. She's a business owner. Um, she is soon to be an author, and she's a coach, and man, just a wonderful all-around human. My, my entire demeanor lit up when she walked in the door this morning. So, Laurie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sam. I'm super happy to be here. Right. Appreciate that lovely introduction as well. <laughs> and your demeanor. That's always good to have a good demeanor. Like, interviewing in person is just so much more fun. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, doing it over Zoom's good and, and everything else, but man, actually having somebody physically in the room, it's just, it's, it's always more fun. So, hopefully we have a, a really good conversation today and put out a, a good show. Man, I don't even know where to begin with you, because you've just, you've torn it up in the, uh, the industrial sector. Mm -hmm. um, you're an investor now, you're a philanthropy coach, all kinds of people. Tell us, let's just start at the beginning, man. Who's Laurie and how on earth did you get where you're at? Oh, that's a loaded question. I, that's but what I do. I, really, you asked a deep question. <laughs> we load questions here. <laughs> okay. You knew that coming in. You knew that, so I, just to start, I got into industrial supplies and industrial products right after college. I always had um, knew I needed to work for myself didn't really like uh, anybody telling me what to do. So I went straight into sales, did great in sales, was a top producer, went into management, top manager. And then, you know what, I don't wanna work for somebody else. So I started my own company with a couple other people. Grew that to a very nice sized company, sold it, sold a bunch of commercial property, took a tiny little break, uh, started a business coaching company in 2013, still have that. And then in 2015, wanted a product company as well, so mm -hmm. I started another industrial products company. Um, realized that would take too long to build, and so I bought a failing company, and that's where I learned a bunch of shit. Oh. Oh, yes. Now, a lot of people go that route. They go through you know, expansion through acquisition, mm -hmm. so to speak. Man, I'm super interested in that failing company and just a little bit of background on how you turn it around because you're coming into that with 20 years business experience and now you're coming in putting in your own systems and processes and everything else. So walk me through that real quick. Well, that was the best and worst decision I've ever made <laughs> in my life. <laughs> it was failing for a reason. Um, it is interesting that I knew the industry inside out but the business I had built, the previous industrial supply business I had built, I built from the ground up, and we pretty much did everything right the first time. Sheer dumb luck. I, you know, I wish I could take credit for that, but it was just dumb luck. We we're great at sales. We were effective. It, it, it was a blessing. I buy this other company, and I never knew a company, it had been around for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. I never knew a company could be around that long, still produce numbers and have a little bit of profit, and be so effed up. Like, legit. <laughs> Everything was a disaster. I've, uh, I've worked for companies like that. You know, I worked for a company um, just out of high school, and they had about a 40 million pound a year turnover, and they struggled to make profit mm. on, on 40 million pounds. And it, it, you know, it turned out there was more things going out the back door than there was the front door, mm. and there was a whole bunch of issues. Um, 
what did you see the main issues were for I mean, how do you survive for 30 years? And, and, and you, well, they didn't have any leadership from the top, which I knew coming in. So mm -hmm. I knew, hey, I just need to get in and be present and participate in the business. And so I did. But the, the biggest thing in the industrial, in the, in the company I own is all the outside sales reps. Mm -hmm. So it was a company that was struggling and prior to me coming in and purchasing it, and then I just purchased the assets. I didn't right. purchase, you know, didn't purchase liability, just the assets. Um, everybody was kind of picking off the top employees, the top sales reps. And so I came into a team that was really good, but didn't have direction. Right, right. And in addition to the office wasn't run well, inventory wasn't under control, they had no, no control over shipping costs. I mean, it was a lot going out the back door yeah. uh, to find out later. The good thing was for my coaching business, I never knew that businesses could be that messed up. And so now by experience it, experiencing it firsthand, um, I have a better appreciation for when I work with coaching clients. Oh, hey, yeah, now I've also been through that. I haven't just read about it. I've experienced it and I've experienced the turnaround. Um, and it, so we turned it around in about two years. We got it up and running. I had to jump in full time. I never expected to do that. I thought I would have it as a uh, another revenue stream. Right, right. I never expected to jump into it. <laughs> word to the wise, don't buy a failing business. <laughs> don't, don't buy a failing business don't buy the, and, and expect not to work on it. And expect not to yeah. work on it I mean, 60, 70 hours a week. It's failing for a reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, but you're just one of these unique people that's just not scared to roll up their damn sleeves and do yeah. the work, you know? So I mean, it's, it's no. not that much of a, a, a deal for you. <laughs> but um, what... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, fundamentally, though, what were some of the biggest issues that you tackled in turning that around once you got the labor force dialed in? Because, like, as a business owner that's looking to expand, I like companies like that because I can go and get the top sales guys that aren't happy where they're at. Mm -hmm. And, like, the Yankees, they don't win world championships shopping off a of Craigslist. Mm -hmm. They go and get the, the best players from the other teams. Um, so what was, what was the next real... Um, thing that you did and turn the company around? One, just diving in myself and spending a lot of time building up the team, like dry, flying around the country to be with all my team members so that they know I cared and mm -hmm. they wouldn't jump ship. Right. You know, if, they, if there's a, an offer somewhere else, you know, the real estate world, how every other, every other <laughs> office is offering a $50,000 sign oh, on this, no, sign on man. that sign. Well, that kind of thing <laughs> happens everywhere, correct? Yeah. And so I needed to keep my team, I needed to reestablish all the SOPs in the office, that was hard. When you have a group of individuals used to doing what they want when they want, making mm -hmm. their own decision because oh, yeah. it was the best decision, it was the easiest decision at the time, mm -hmm. trying to corral that in is very difficult. Um, but we've done it and it's we're six years into this company now and six and a half now. And that, that was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do was reinforce the boundaries and then just be consistent. Like, okay, yeah. yeah, this might be easier right now, but it's not the best long-term decision for the corporation and for us to grow. Um, and then we had COVID, right, as we started turning everything around. <laughs> I, was about, I, was about to, I was about to ask about um, surprises. So, what so surprises, surprises have you run into along you can, the way? I've got decades of experience, and you cannot ever plan for everything that's going to happen. And there we go talking. Uh, yeah, show of hands. Who planned for a pandemic? Yeah, exactly. And... <laughs> Uh, we got fortunate. We had we sold. Yeah. We were deemed essential essential because we had sanitizers and hand sanitizers, disinfectants. Um, we were carrying PPE. I was able to jump it, pivot really quickly, jump in and buy a bunch of masks and gloves mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning, and that kept my team really busy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
the hardest part for my sales team is they were all outside sales reps. Oh, yeah. And then spending a year behind a, a phone, mm-hmm. uh, I legit thought they were all going to lose their minds. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. They were crawling out of their skin because they're used to being like we are here, right. sitting with yeah. their client, talking about what else they can bring to the table. How else can we solve a problem? And during COVID, everybody was just in a full-on panic. And there wasn't there wasn't this right. It's so much harder to do via Zoom. I mean, Zoom Zoom has been an incredible blessing, but it still doesn't make up for that that personal interaction, that feeling between uh, people that they need to, to generate the, the the know, like, and trust that we all look for to close a sale. Um, surprisingly, COVID was initially it was a hit, obviously, but surprisingly it was a, a huge benefit to to both my businesses and the way they run. Did you find that? after the initial shock had relented that COVID was, was was a benefit? Did you come out of that better or worse? Oh, better. And it was on all levels. One, it financially, we were we were in the right place at the right time to mm-hmm. really be able to help our clients and then keep my sales team busy. Um, the second thing was me personally, I had started to let go of some of the controls and I had found that my staff, my internal staff, um, was kind of doing whatever they wanted because I wasn't on site. I was starting to pull back not on site all the time. And so I took back control over everything and put filled all the holes that were in the ship, um, which I would not have noticed had it not been for me having to have my butt at my desk every day because mm-hmm. I couldn't go anywhere. Right. I, couldn't, I couldn't go out on the field and I couldn't visit clients. I couldn't visit customers. Audience, I couldn't, yeah. yeah, I had no choice. And we were so busy, I had to take the, the helm. There was a point where we were trying to get the masks in from China mm-hmm because that's where they were coming from. Right, right. And uh, I actually had huge clients with the Navy, with MIT, Boston College, uh, all over the place calling me. I told the sales reps, they call me directly because the customers were so frustrated waiting for their product mm-hmm. and wondering is this a, you know, there was all the fraud going on. Yeah, yeah. People to, yeah. so I, I would, I, at one point I had up the Navy, I think I was on the eighth level of command, chain of command up mm-hmm. calling me um, just to say, hey, we're just checking in. Is this cool? Like the first guy's in a panic because yeah, he's yeah, getting yeah. it every day. Yeah. As you go up the chain of command, um, they were a lot calmer when they spoke to me. But I'm like, I have these, I don't know the levels in the Navy because they call themselves sir at that point right, right. at some levels. Um, but they were saying, they were just calling to check in. But everybody had my cell phone, I all my clients. And so all of the sales reps clients that wanted to talk to me could. And I think that really helped us a lot. And it helped me find out where the holes are. What can I do better? What can the uh, company do better? So the end of 2020 was great. I'm going (laughs) to take you into 2021 because why not? Why not? (laughs) Why not? Um, Supply chain. Oh, God, yes. yes. You know, you cannot make up what has been going on this year or last year. But I was talking to Drew Lane. He's also an executive, Mm -hmm. and he he does a lot of space, a lot in the retail space, branding. Um, t-shirt caps. He does a lot more than I know. Uh, Super great guy. He and I were discussing supply chain last week and we both decided we would rather go back to 2020. Like seriously, (laughs) when when you have a tangible product, this year has been, it's been another adventure. It's been a great opportunity to grow. Had to do a lot of personal digging deep to just be calm because my sales team don't get paid Unless the product ships. Unless, the, yeah. Unless oh, if yeah. the product can't ship, we can't pay on non-shipped product. We don't know if we're getting it. Right. And right. so the, um, the at the end of the day, I've had to really just kind of chill out, listen, let them vent, come up with more solutions, 
communicate, communicate, communicate more, more, more. Like I think I tell everybody what's going on, and then someone will call and say, "Hey, Lori, what's going on? You haven't you haven't been communicating." And I'm like, "Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I get it." There's all these plates, and you just got to keep them all spinning, though. It's mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, like I can't imagine the length of your to-do list every day, and then then you've got to make phone calls, and then your cell phone rings as well. Mm. It's, it's got to be uh, it's got to be busy. Um, earlier on, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, Jocko was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and Jocko now is manufacturing stuff himself up in the Northeast and using US-based suppliers to feed his manufacturing plants. What do we do as a country to bring back our supply chain to this side of the ocean and to start leaning more and more into American manufactured products? That's the, that is the <laughs> number one question. If you could solve that problem, that would be wonderful. Uh, well, shit, I'll solve it. Let's I, go. Well, I yeah, mean, let's yeah, like, I totally agree. How do you have to get off the dependency of China? But like, for the no. last, you know, the last 40 years, China's been making stuff 10 bucks a unit cheaper mm -hmm. than America. And we've, like, it's almost like we've lost, almost like we've lost the machinery. Like, we've lost the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Like, we're, we're one to two generations away from forgetting how to make shit. Mm -hmm. Yep. How do we fix that? I don't, it's crazy. <laughs> well, you got to bring back in the schools, you have to bring back um, the trades because that's, we're missing the trades. We, I deal with all uh, maintenance guys. So mm -hmm. engineer, um, I'm sorry, electrical, uh, plumbing, mm -hmm. uh, roofing, concrete, yeah. all that. And the, the workforce is older and older. There's not a lot of young kids coming in to learn these trades. Uh, and we really need to get back to that for sure. It's always... College, 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 right? Get yeah. it, get yeah. it, get well, a degree. Is, is that so you have more value in the marketplace or is that so you have more value now to the people that hold the student loans? Like, I really start to wonder. That's a good question. I do wonder why as a country, the first thing we do with all of our major potential talent is saddle it with a lifetime's worth of debt. Mm. Like, how do we fix that? <laughs> you are asking me some tough questions on a Monday morning. Good you're Lord, like, Sam. <laughs> you're, you're like the, you're the smart one in the room. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I think you might be the smarter one. In all right, room. all right. I so. know it, these are really good questions, and they're how do you get the dialogue started? That's the I think that's part of the issue is nobody wants to talk about it because they don't want to make the tough decisions. Like I'm not a close the border, be totally just insular into America and the United States of America, but we have to be more well, independent. Think of it like the airplane. You gotta put your own face mask on first. Mm -hmm. Like we're, you can't sugarcoat it. If you pay attention to independent news sources, like there's a little bit of turmoil going on. Mm -hmm. um, people like yourself, supply chain issues. Like what do we do to fix it like as a country? And I don't think the answer is bury our head in the sand yeah. and, and hope it goes away. Cause I, you know, the way the country's being run right now is either deliberate or incompetent. And I, I just, I can't see I can't see it being incompetence, to yeah. be fair. So I think we could deliberately lean back in to manufacturing and education. However, let's move past that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'll throw you in some deep water, Go so you swim it. or not. Let's um, no. Let's 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 move past the education of uh, the college kids. Let's look towards the education entrepreneurs because you've been teaching entrepreneurs the the way of Miss um, Laurie since what 2013. In coaching, yep. Coaching, yeah. Tell yep. us a little bit about your, your the coaching side of you and some of the things you see in some of your clients that, that maybe would relate to the listeners of the show so they could draw some lessons from it. Okay. I'm going to go straight to the heart of the matter, which nobody wants to hear. I'm a business coach. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we work on sales, marketing, uh, SOPs, uh, the human resources on a service level. I don't get into the minutia of anyway social media. And who wants logistics. to get in the minutia of human, re- human resources? You hire a human you, resources you, guy yes. and you tell him to do his job. Yeah, well, because it's so complicated. <laughs> yes, and it's, it is it's ever changing. Um, we always start there, and I do a, a big, deep uh, dive on strategy. What's your strategic plan? Where do you want to go? At the end of the day, none of it works unless you work on yourself. Oh, I, know. I know. Nobody wants to hear it. So when I'm first working with my clients, we go through about, we, we have a one-on-one for at least an hour just talking about how business coaching works. And I always save a little tiny bit at the end and I say, okay, the soft skills are gonna come up. You know, and, and every business owner without a doubt, yeah, 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 that's not me. And I agree 100%. And I say, <laughs> but remember, we probably are gonna get into some of this the soft skills and some of this personal development and more about you and that's okay whenever you're whenever you get right. there and without a doubt until that work is done then the business can thrive and be effective but man once you do the inner work everything is just better but it's like, everything that's like a message that i want everybody listening to hear and understand and spread because i had been a successful entrepreneur and one of the reasons i i lost my most profitable company ever was because I hadn't done the the inner work but I don't know about women but but from a male perspective we're raised to carry everything and keep our mouths shut and get our heads down and do the work mm-hmm. and never admit any kind of weakness or any kind of um, you know impending failure never talk about past failures mm-hmm. we're told to keep mm-hmm. that all bottled up and you know for me it was doing the the personal work that has led me through the other side of that. Do you find there's a lot of resistance to leaning into the, the, the I, I don't want to say woo-woo because everybody says that, but, is, but yeah. leaning into the mindset coach, you find you get resistance from that because dude, I resisted it for like years because I was scared of what other people would think about me for meditating or for going for a walk in the woods, or for journaling and writing down things that I'm grateful for. Do you find resistance to that in business owners, or are they mainly accepting? Uh, Yes, resistance. That's why I always start, even though I know it's gonna get to more on the personal development side, Mm -hmm. and that's why I've gone and done a lot of certifications to learn more and dive more deep, um, that it always starts in business, because if you're gonna go deep with someone and you're gonna get into the personal development, if you're not ready, you have to be guided and you have to be with someone that you trust Mm -hmm. to bring up some of those issues, to start talking about, hey, yeah, we had this plan and none of it got done. Well, as your coach, I'm not here to beat you up or to tell you, I'm I'm here to to hold your feet to the fire Mm -hmm. and to nudge you in the right direction, but I'm not here to put you down or say, hey, you're just not doing that right. That's not my job. My job is to say, okay, what's happening and how how can we improve on this? How can we make a tweak to the plan so you can still reach your goal, but maybe a little bit slower, but Mm -hmm. let's, you know, let's keep that focused. And as soon as someone starts to open up and we start to go to the deeper levels uh, of personal development and what's happening in their life, mm-hmm. then all the gloves are off and everything is just comes together more, I don't want to say more quickly, but more seamlessly. And it depends on the individual too, on how quickly they are willing to, to hold that knowledge in that is the sooner I'm able to improve myself, mm-hmm. accept myself at how I am, love myself how I am, believe in who I am, um, address any of the outside crap that goes on in life and your upbringing and the people you're around. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a bad relationship, how do you how do you work through that? Can you improve it? Do you just have to let it go? There's so much 
but nobody wants to touch that stuff at first. Right, Not because at first. they don't see it as critical to operating a profitable business. Correct, 100%. And I, I, it really is. It really is. <laughs> like, yep. Uh, because you know, if 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 you're not, like, this is hard. Winning is hard. It's bloody. It's brutal. It's a lot of fucking work. Mm -hmm. And if you're not in good physical shape, mm -hmm. if you can't take care of yourself, how can you take care of your business? If you're not in good mental shape, how can you focus on your things that need focus on? How can you focus on working on a business if there's shit in the back of your mind that's distracting you all the time? Mm -hmm. And most guys don't realize this. They think I'm gonna carry this load, I'm gonna keep it inside of me, business is business, life is life, mm -hmm. and I'm keep them separate. But when, you, when you're trying to crack through that next level of success, business is life. And life is business, and you've got to do it all together at the same time. You've got to find time for your kids, you've got to find time to work out, you've got to find time to eat right, and you've got to make life a priority around your business and within it. I don't know where I was going with that. That's okay, because I'm <laughs> going to take you to the next level. Go for it. So it's all energy, and we're all connected with everything. Uh-oh, uh, hold I on. Know, the I I I'm getting, we're let me get really my crystals. Go, hold on, let me grab a crystal. Oh my God, I love crystals. Where are your crystals? <laughs> Where's the candles? I don't oh have my crystals. We need the chimes. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. That's not nice. <laughs> I can see we're going to go crystal shopping after this, Sam. There has oh, to be some in this the, town. There's probably crystal shop. Yeah, so... It's the truth. We're all connected all the way around. So like you were talking about walking in nature, mm -hmm. meditating. Um, I actually take the time to meditate daily where I connect myself with the earth. And then I also connect all the way up to source power is what I call it from the training that I've had, which is beyond the heavens and above. So mm -hmm. you could call it God, whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. For me, it literally is like a beam of light going just to the heavens. And I just... I get into a trance and it feels so good and it helps me sort out problems. And when I'm really overwhelmed, I have someone that I, I know, like, and trust to guide me through like some really deep work to let go of any baggage I have so I can be present, be happy, give the best I can to everybody else. And I totally believe we're all energy. That's why we like oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. better. We like yeah. to, to be together and have a conversation rather than a Zoom call or a phone call. This is a better exchange of ideas. Um, and I believe everybody's like that, whether they want to accept it or not. Mm -hmm. um, and once you just kind of let go and say, it is what it is, and we all are connected on some level, because it's the truth. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just interesting how much you, it, once you let those boundaries go in your mind, how much more you can learn and grow. And that's what happens when you do the, the develop, personal development work. And I'll really go deep. Let's go into the metaverse, well, right, which well, is coming. <laughs> I, so we, yeah. As as far as what you just said though, <clears throat> I've been to church many times, and uh, I've read many many books about the thing, and I'm just a firm believer that we are, you know, whether the Bible's right or the Quran's right, I think there's right stuff in in every religion. I think the underlying factor is we're we're just immortal balls of energy, piloting meat costumes right now. Mm -hmm. The energy is who we are. Mm -hmm. The consciousness is who we are, and then when you tie that in. With, I watched some super interesting documentaries on fungus. There's one on Netflix just come out, a, a new one. And there's this mycelium layer that connects all the plants through fungus. And that's why when you sit on the earth, yeah. that's why you're feeling that energy coming back out of that layer there. Mm -hmm. And like, for me, just discovering this over the last, you know, course of the last year, this figuring out that, hey, we're just 
bits of energy and hey there's an entire like network of energy that's spread beneath our feet i'm like shit maybe these hippies are onto something mm -hmm. all right take me into the metaverse man. oh i don't know much about that i just brought that up for fun I don't well know. Like, talk about well, facebook right now they're meta well, well hold on yeah all right so I'm let's, just let's, no, let's go completely off the fucking let's, rails. Let's go with it. I yeah. think that I think that the metaverse is actually now uh, it's our, it's going to make us immortal. Mm -hmm. We're the first generation mm. that will live absolutely for fucking ever. And here's why I believe that. Facebook has now 12 or 13 years of my life. Every every messenger conversation I've had, every post I've made, every reaction I've made. Facebook's AI is smart enough to figure out what I would say in a room if I wasn't there. Mm. It's got to be. It's got mm. 13 years of me typing fuck and everything else. Right. It knows when I'm going to swear. Like, the AI the AI can do that. Oh, yeah. So then we go to the metaverse, and we're in the metaverse, and I've got an avatar, and it looks just like me, and it's got my mannerisms, and it acts like me. Every conversation I have within the metaverse, the AI is going to be there in the background going, okay, this is how Sam reacts. This is what he thinks about this, what he thinks about that. And the AI is going to be continually learning who I am. So that when I die, my avatar can still exist. Mm -hmm. And all of my personality can exist within it. And all of my intelligence. And it can even add facts that I didn't know and have me present those facts in a way that I would have talked about them. Like, I don't know why nobody's talking about this, but I think we might just be immortal now. Like, not this bit, not the meat suit. Right. But our intelligence mm -hmm. and our mannerisms mm -hmm. could be sold back to our relatives for $200 a month and you put your VR goggles in and you're, oh, talk, there you go. you're talking, you're talking to, your to your dad. Yeah. You're talking to somebody that, huh? that had the last, let's say they've got 12 years of life on Facebook and then they're five years in the metaverse and you've been talking and the AI owns all that data. Mm -hmm. like, why can't you go and have a conversation with an AI with a relative that is that relative completely uploaded into that AI? We're at that point. We're there. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, shit, is that a singularity? Because if I exist in AI, where does my soul go? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, shit. No, we're getting deep. Oh, like, no, but it's there. The yeah. data's there. The yeah. data's there. Like, and then I go and have conversations in the metaverse, and then my avatar exists. Mm -hmm. Then they upload the data from Facebook to my avatar. And then I die, and the AI takes over. Yep. And I exist in the metaverse forever. That's fucked up. Yeah, a part of you exists. Because if part of me exists in the metaverse, where does this part of me go after I die? I know. Oh shit. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I wasn't planning to get all like, whatever the word is, theological shit. I don't, I don't know the word. I wasn't planning to get that deep. Um, but you've got to start asking questions. You, yeah. And and then, you know, what governments are going to restrict access to the metaverse? Mm. Because there's going to be restrictions on it. Um, even now, China has restrictions on the amount of time you can spend online mm -hmm. every day, the amount of time you spend in video games. Well, if I've got a version of my life that exists online that's better than the life I have at home, what's my incentive to go to work? Why would I not live off universal basic income, which mm. appears to be right around the corner, yeah, it does. and spend all my time in the metaverse, living this amazing life through a VR headset? I don't know. There's science fiction all about that. I mean, I can't... That's not so science fiction anymore. I mean, I, I probably could, but I wouldn't. I was going to say, I can't sleep with a porn star in real life. I probably could, but I, I wouldn't. But in the metaverse, you can scroll through and be like, I want that one today. Mm -hmm. And it could just be... It could, it could work the same way with the girls, you know? I, I want that fella today. Mm -hmm. And 
like all the time you're sitting there at the house with a headset on and a fucking groin attachment or whatever I have to, I have to talk to Corey Bayer about what's coming down the line there but like, you're just sitting at the house and you live in a reality that's yeah. better than life yep well shit if I've got a video game that's better than life why would you leave why the house? would I leave the house okay see and now you're going to be in the pods that are in um, the matrix well, right shit. you could live in there that's, just that's what I don't know. Yeah, you they, gotta go watch the Matrix now. You gotta they put watch a, the new one. Dude, they put a tube in your mouth, they put one tube in yeah. your butt, and they put the video screen on. You're good. What the well how do we get to how do we get to this point <laughs> in the interview? Like I wasn't planning on that, but like you've, you've really got to ask, like, where where in the world is this going? Maybe maybe we just got the opportunity to become immortal and maybe we shouldn't take it. I don't know. I keep yeah. thinking I, I wanna get in that metaverse thing, but I'm scared that if I go in I'll never come out. Yep, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, because you can make up anything in your mind. If you can have the, when you have the opportunity to make up whatever you want, why mm -hmm. would you go negative? You may as well just have everything positive, like your porn star. Mm -hmm. Every day you could have a new one. Yeah. Right? And then every every night you could have another one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You could have a good day all Shit. day. I'd wear out the lifetime warranty on that thing in three months. Yeah, there you go. I mean, geez. But you know what? You can grow another one. It might be bigger and better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got tears, and this is what we, we, we discuss on fine. a small like, business surgeon on a Monday morning. It is, though, you know, like <laughs> I, I, we are literally crying in our studio now. Um, I've had guests cry on the podcast before, but never from laughing. All right, so moving out of the metaverse, then. God, that metaverse is just so interesting. I, I think there's going to be fortunes to be made, wow. made and lost in there. Yeah, well, you know, you can buy. There are people actually selling land and yeah. space, if you will, now. There right. are brokers that are right. selling but land in the metaverse. Well, I want to figure out, right? Like, there's going to be money in the metaverse. There's oh, going to be profit to be made. Money everywhere. Like, yeah, so why aren't we setting up a virtual casino and letting people come mm. in and gamble in the metaverse? Like, I would. Like, that seems to make the most sense. What makes the most money in the real world for the least expense? I don't know, gambling. Mm. Like, you know, and if, if you want to make the most money in gambling, be the house. Like, all right. So we, set, the house. Up, yeah. we set up a casino in the metaverse. I don't know. There's so much you could do. Like, car dealerships selling made-up cars mm -hmm. with NFTs in them. It's, it's, it's unreal the amount of money in there. I just I wish I understood it better. That's the hard part. Probably just going to give it to my kids and be like, right, you'll go on there. Um, Here's five grand. Go make me some money. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and they probably they will. will. Yeah, yeah, they, they will, will, man. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's, it's time I got a return on that investment. You know? <laughs> Too funny. No, uh, they, they bring me joy. They, yes, of course they do. I mean, but yeah, you got to get a joke in at the expense of your kids. How, how do we get this back on business oh, now? I don't We've know. gone all over the place. Well, that's the whole point. <laughs> Freestyle, let's just go. Yeah, I, I used to write down a bunch of questions and script these interviews, and now I just don't. Yeah. This is way more fun. Oh, gosh, yeah. This is way more fun. So I want to um, go a little bit into it with you about when shit goes wrong. Because okay. I don't believe you just opened a box and were successful. I think you've been through some fire to get hardened into the anvil. And I know there's a lot of guys listening to this that aren't quite over that hump yet. And they're still just, shit. Describe, uh, describe I, the hunt. The, the hump. hump. The hump. Describe the hump. The hump. We know guys in the hunt. Yeah, Let's describe yeah, God, guys yes. in the hump. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> you can tell when apex meet. You can tell when apex meetings are going on by by keeping a close eye on the rubber prices. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but we'll, we'll leave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting uh, over the hump. Getting over what the hump. The okay. hump of, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that, that hump from shit, I got to make rent, shit, I got to make payroll, to, okay, things are going well. There's money in the operating account. There's money in the savings account. There's money in the payroll account. Everything's good. How many times, or, or did you? I mean, because some guys, they'll hit it every single month and struggle, and some guys, it might be once or twice a year, and they're like, damn, we're back right here again. Yep. How many times did you go through that cycle before you got to the other side of it? Uh, so, until I bought the failing company, I didn't really go through that cycle. Okay. And that's because I've always just, I don't know where it came from, but I've always been fiercely independent and knew that I had to take care of business however it had to be taken care of. Uh, invested first. Mm -hmm. I'm not a, it's not that I'm not a big spender. I just, stuff isn't important to me. Like, if I want to go buy something, I can go buy it, but mm -hmm. I don't care about stuff. I care about yeah, experiences yeah. and life. Yes. I care about investments. And fortunately, I felt like that always. And because of that mindset, which I don't know where it came from, um, well, because I've always had to take care of myself. So mm -hmm. because I grew up in that environment of making sure I was financially stable on my own, um, which as a child, when my parents made me pay for everything, it made me angry, of course. As an adult, I'm like, oh, thank God I have that foundation because my sister didn't have mm -hmm. that foundation. And while she's got a good job, she's not as, um, she's not as, doesn't have the same type of outlook like I do, like invest first. Yeah, invest yeah. First. I mean, yeah, and I think that that, made, that, that was helpful. Um, after buying a failing company and having to learn a lot, not not and not being able to pay myself well for probably three years, I barely paid myself until mm -hmm. I got that company back on track. I was in a position where I could do that, fortunately. Um, but what I what I share with every business owner I work with, everything is a cycle. Mm -hmm. Every single thing you're going to go up, you're going to go down. You're going to go up, you're going to go down. It's just the way it is. So when you're on the on the high, when you're on the upswing, write it down. Make sure mm. that you, you appreciate all the wins and how good you feel and how great everything is because when the shit hits the fan and you're going back down into the deep, <laughs> yep. you want to be able to look back on that and say, okay, I've done this before because if your friends are telling you and your family's telling you, you don't care. You're like, fuck you. You don't know what I'm going through right now. It's so hard. It's so, so hard. I can't get back out of this. But that's not true. You can no. and you will. You've done it before. Oh, yeah. And that's... Yeah. So the, like the journaling, that's when you write it down where, and you look back and say, okay, I remember I felt like I was on top of the world here. I could do that again. It's like the most bipolar thing in the world, though, being a business owner. Oh. <laughs> Some days you're like, I'm never going to retire. And then you're like, fuck, I got to get rid of this company. <laughs> 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 I gotta, I gotta, oh, I felt <laughs> that. I felt that. Yeah, that. That is the way it works. Yeah, but like... Honestly, right, if somebody came to me today and bought Living College Station and bought Texas Media Foundry and all I was doing was small business surgeon and just consulting, I think I'd make it about, I don't know, maybe 17 minutes, maybe 20 mm -hmm. before I'm just running off and starting another business mm -hmm. and building something else. Because we're weird. We are weird like that. I'm normal. I, no. like, I like building shit. No, no, shit. and it's totally like, cool. You know? A lot of people don't get that, though. Like, we're, we're not normal, and if, that's cool. If you sold Proline today, like, you would be restless oh, by tomorrow afternoon. Wouldn't work, no. <laughs> it's the, the highs and lows and the... Like, there's nothing like the, it. We live off the adrenaline. Yeah, we get a little bit of an adrenaline rush, I think. I, I think so. I it's like... Man, it's like hunting. Like, I, once you catch that prey and you've cut it up and shared it out, 
Like, it doesn't matter anymore. You just want to go hunting. You want to go catch more. You want to go sell more stuff. And it's yeah. like, it's like this addiction. And I, I understand why people fail at business, but I also understand why they never give up as mm -hmm. well. It's like, and um, all success in businesses for me, it's just been failing enough times to figure out what to do right. Never giving up. Like just not stopping. Just, Don't give up. The yeah. people who succeed are the ones that just are dumb enough to never give up. Yeah, it's, we just, we're like. Yeah. It'll work out. It may take a while, and I may have to reformulate a million and one times, but it will work. I feel like Happy Gilmore someday, standing in front of that picture machine. <laughs> <laughs> Better toughen up. Try it again. Yep. Damn. That poor guy. That must have hurt so much. <laughs> All right. So, a little bird tells me that you have a book coming out in January. Is this I, true? It's true. All right. It is true. Tell me about your book. It's called Build a Better Business. Okay. And it is how to work smarter, not harder. Um, I'd like to say that you never have to work even after you build it all up, but that's not true. It, well, there are business owners that do that, but then they end up losing their business for some mm -hmm. one reason or another, usually because their team needs their, everybody needs a leader. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is it's just the truth. You have to have a leader. So. Um, it, so it's it's super easy guide. I think it's maybe a hundred pages. It's really short, short chapters, seven chapters on how no matter where you are, if you're starting or you've been in business thirty years, how to get yourself back on track. Um, it, it's knowing your why, having your core values. You know, I can go through each of them, but let's, I'm, yeah. let's do it really really well, quick. Yeah, no, like, you knowing your well, having having a why having a why was some, something I never had. Mm -hmm. like, I'm just gonna go to work because mm -hmm. I just want to work for myself. Mm -hmm. Well, when you do that, and again, this was like, this was late 20s, early 30s, I don't remember when it was, but when you do that, all you do is you achieve the goal that you set out for. Mm -hmm. I want to own my business so I don't have to work for anybody else. And you hit that goal, your business pays your bills, and you can't figure out why you don't make any more money than your bills. Yep. And it's because you don't have a why. Yep. Do you find that's like one of the most fundamental things that's missing here in entrepreneurs? Yes. I, well, I had to think about it because when I think about the Apex Group, which is how you and I met, yeah, and, and the, yeah. the, the crowd that we run with, we all know, we all know our we, why's, we, we know talk it. about our yeah, why's, yeah. We, we post about it, we have uh, seminars, we have Zoom, yeah. we have in-person meetings, so we're already on top of that. But for the vast majority, yes. The, the knowing the why, why are you going to get yourself out of bed when you, you don't want to? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, let, let's take your body, for example. Why do you breathe? You have to. Right. Yeah. Okay. So why do you drink water or eat? You, you have to keep your body going, yeah. but you just know it. Yeah. And your body knows it. Mm -hmm. Your mind knows it. You're unconscious. So you just do it. You want to get your why to that point. Like, is it your family? Is it your spouse? Is it to leave a legacy? Is it so you are fiercely independent and no one can ever tell you what to do again? And whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It just needs to be a why that's important to you mm -hmm. that every day and on those on the easy days, you know, you pop out of bed and you're like, whoa, we just closed a million dollar deal yesterday. Life is awesome. I got this. We signed a contract with one of the Dude, casinos. I love those days. I love those days. I love those days. They don't happen all that often. No, though. but <laughs> dude, anything, anything over seven figures is a good payday. Yeah. yeah, so <laughs> you've got you've got all this stuff going on and it, it's easy. Mm -hmm. And then you have the days where you're like, oh, for crying out loud, for the last month, mm. no one's paying their bills. Oh. Nobody wants to pay me. Nobody wants to get out of bed and go to work. My sales team is whining. My office staff isn't having fun. Nobody's, but you have to lead. The, yeah. You have to lead. Mm -hmm. You have to run the boat, the ship, whatever metaphor you want. 
And so you've got to have that why ingrained. And I even have my clients write it down for the, like write it down and then review it every day so they remember why they're doing what they're doing so that it becomes just so much a part of you that no matter what, you pop out of bed and be like, yep, oh, this is what's going to get done today. You find people's whys ever change. They can, absolutely. Everything mm. in life evolves and change. Mine changed, you know. My, mine used to be, you know, to leave, to leave a legacy and to set my kids up and to go to work, to give my life so that my kids could stand on my shoulders and my efforts and carry on what I was building. And then, you know, that was oh, a couple of years ago and I'm doing real estate and all I'm doing is selling houses. And, and then this this apex comes around and this pod, this podcast idea comes up and my why changed. My why changed from making money for my kids and stuff to now money's just, money just happens. Like mm -hmm. money happens, it comes in, it's just, a, there's a pipeline. My why is I struggled with alcohol and losing a business in my 30s. And when I consult with entrepreneurs, when I listen to them, and I find that a lot of them are going through that same shit. I, it's a pattern. Um, you start to get a little success in your 20s, things get good, things get really good. You, you're going out to lunches, you're going out to dinners, you're drinking more, you're gaining weight, you're paying more and more attention to this business that you're growing, less and less attention to your wife, less attention to your kids. And before you know it, you're 33 to 37 years old, 50 pounds overweight, an alcoholic, and in a relationship that you can't stand or that she can't stand you. And I'm like, every single person I'm talking to is, is, is going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So my why now has shifted to how much impact can I have on entrepreneurs that are going through the struggle that I've been through. And since I started diving into that and lifting other people up, my businesses have just become so much more successful and so much busier and, and, and so much. So the evolution of my why wasn't something I was expecting to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, is that something that you take people through and you'll find them that you know, a year or two years down the line, they're like, well, wait a minute, maybe I'm going to pivot my why. Absolutely. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It, anything in your business or in your personal life, it, it evolves, it changes the experiences you have. And you actually, uh, you, you touched on a great point is the most, for most people, I have not met anyone who's just all about the money, but for most of us entrepreneurs, um, they care about giving back. They care about helping their fellow man. People who've been like, like I've been through a lot in my life, a whole lot, and if I can help anybody else, um, everybody's gotta go through their own struggles, but well, if I yeah. can help make it easier or give some different ideas or thoughts, um, of course I'm going to. That's Why wouldn't I? That's because, in, in my opinion, it's because it's not generational wealth that you possess. It's wealth that you got out there and you waded through, like Andy Dufresne in Shawshank, you, you literally swam through a river of shit to get to the other side of that. Mm -hmm. And you turn around, you see people in that same river. Mm -hmm. So I've never liked rich people, uh, to be fair. I'm blue collar, just, I'm, I'm pretty much a British redneck. And, you know, every rich person I'd ever met or ever interacted with, it was a generational wealth thing. And there was always a way to look down. Um, mm. and, and, and being in Apex, and I'm not trying to make this an Apex commercial, although it very well could be. It could be, it, and it, you it, know it what, there's nothing wrong with it because Apex is pretty darn cool. Everybody <laughs> I've, I've met through Apex that is extremely wealthy or very well-to-do, mm -hmm. 
has made it themselves mm -hmm. and they have this giving spirit because they turn around they're like damn that was a really hard journey let me go help someone that's on mm -hmm. that journey and i find that that's one of the big draws to apex that has made me turn around and look at the people behind me and say hey i can pull these guys along and it not only not be detrimental to my business but be advantageous to my business and to my soul do you find a lot of joy and fulfillment in helping people that are coming up absolutely i absolutely love guiding you can't you can't heal but guiding people in any direct any direction um pulling out the best you know be, spending the time giving the space to listen to learn uh to offer suggestions when they're when they're welcome the hardest part I found is uh, you can't help people, though, who aren't ready to help themselves in any aspect of life. And we want to because we've been there, right? Yeah. So we're like, yeah, yeah. oh, my God, if you would just do this, <laughs> it would totally change Odds. your world. Uh, oh, please just do this one thing. And, and they look at you and then they say, no. That's the most painful thing in the world. Um, actually having to watch somebody struggle that isn't ready to receive a lesson. Yeah. Um, and I get, you know, I've had guests on before saying, oh, man, if I'd have only known this at 20 years old, and I counter that with shit. If I had this knowledge and this head right now at 20 years old, uh, I wouldn't use it. No. I'd be like, well, that worked for him, but I'm going to get my own. Right. No, totally. Like, I'm going to get my own. I that crap. I'm still like, <laughs> no, I know more than they do. And then I have to say, well, you might not. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm a little more hesitant to go off on my own these days. I, yeah, I have this amazing network of people I can counsel with, so why it not? Acts. You know, why not pick up the phone? and yeah. It's actually texting. Um, but but just, why not just drop somebody a message that got more experience than you? Like, mm. there's um, one thing I've found is if, if you put the work in, like anybody will help you if you turn around and show that like I'm making an effort it's like you break down at the side of the road was it Chris Rock said it um, if you break down at the side of the road and you stand by your car nobody will help but if you get out and push your other motorists will jump yeah. out and push with you they see you're trying they see that effort and they reward that effort <clears throat> man so we got so sidetracked off that book <laughs> that's so the, okay the first the first topic's finding the why <laughs> We're good. We Talk to me for those that are on a similar path. What was the process of putting a book together like for you? It, uh, okay, so the pro it was super easy because I did the book is based off of a, the, we did a seven day Facebook Live challenge last year oh, in Apex. Yeah. Apex, 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 it's, it's, Apex. It all comes crazy. back to Apex. It comes back to Apex. I wouldn't have done it. So I did this challenge, which and so I did seven days, and so I picked seven topics on business because mm -hmm. I happen to know business fairly well, and and I was comfortable with that topic. And then in January of this year, 2021, I decided, all right, I'm gonna write a book. And I, I got, I thought, well, I'll just use, I'll just use, I, I called it at the time, seven simple, strategy, seven simple strategies to streamline your business. And so, okay, so I started with that, we used the Facebook Live, I filled it all out, and then I realized I don't really want that title. So here's where I got stuck. I hired Brian Wright to work with me in April of 2021, the book was done. The book was written by July, completely finished. Also an Apex member. Also an Apex <laughs> member, yeah. In case anybody missed that, yeah. Um, anyway, the book was done in July. And since then, here's been the hard part. Here I think came my, um, what do they call it? Imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. Here's where my, I'm like, oh my God, now it's gonna be in writing. People are gonna buy it. They have to buy it, right? I gotta become a bestseller, so they gotta buy it. Uh, yeah. 
No pressure. I'll buy it. I'll <laughs> um, so they got to buy it. But my name's on it. It's out there forever. It's kind of like the video. I re I would t I took that thing apart. Now, did I change most of it? No, not at all. It's still the same content. It's just like, was this word resonant right? Yeah, that word yeah, resonant yeah. right? Da, 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 da. So I finally finished that part of it at the beginning of October because I wanted to I wanted it to come out this year. Finished beginning of October. And then I changed the title. Um, I think that's the tenth one. And I'm and I've changed I, every time I've changed it. I've changed the book cover. Like I've had I have everything done. So anyway, long story short, wanted it to come out at the end of uh, or at the middle of December just to get it done this year because it was a goal for this goal year. For the year, yeah. Well, that's all off the table. So it's going to come out in January. It is done. The cover is done. Um, we're doing the formatting right now, so it'll be out in January. All that to say, the writing the book was easy because I had already set up mm -hmm. the, I had already set up what I wanted to do. It was the damn revisions after the fact, and I had to remind myself, imperfect action is better than perfect. Oh yeah, yeah. In action, any day, all day long. And when I actually post it out on Facebook, which I'm going to do once I get this final, uh, then I can't change the title, right? Once I put once I put the book cover out to, to everybody on uh, Facebook saying, "Hey, look for my book in January." Yeah, you know, I probably shouldn't change it at that point. No, right? no, no. Don't no. change the cover again. We'll, we'll um, put it out. We'll yeah, don't change again. the title again. Don't I can't. Yeah, don't change don't change the title. So I, I'm not changing. The title. I'm just waiting for somebody to come out with a better title than Thomas. Yeah, his is good. <laughs> yeah, Thomas is awesome. Thomas is also an Apex. Also, yeah, in Apex. case you didn't know. <laughs> can I can I get a royalty for for Apex sales over Dude, here? Dude, I, mean, I know. Like, <laughs> totally. I got nothing. Um, you do have a your tattoo, I saw though. Oh, I have a yeah, FYE tattoo. Have yeah, I'm I'm part of the cult now. I'm yeah. a I'm a pure blood all the uh, we'll, way around. We'll, I got nothing. We'll get. I take you over my buddy right oh, now. Oh, there we'll you go. It, we'll get you inked at lunch. I mean, will that work? Nope, crystals. Nope. We're doing crystals. Oh, crystals! Damn it! I know. <sighs> Don't think I forgot. All right. Well, <laughs> before we get too far away. Okay. Um. Man, it's it's it's. I don't know if it's it's refreshing or if it's odd or if it's it's, it's strange or if it. I, I don't have the right word uh, currently in my mouth. <clears throat> but for somebody as um, prolific as yourself to publish a book and still have imposter syndrome, tell me a little bit about how you get past imposter syndrome because. I'm past it, and I've got a little method for it, but I know there's a lot of people on this show that listen to it that still struggle with, shit, I don't belong in this room. Mm. What am I doing here? So it's it's very it, it's very strange and very refreshing to hear somebody as prolific as yourself say, hey, I still have this feeling. How do you cope with that? Well, I rewrite the book a million times <laughs> and I change the cover. God, <laughs> um, no, so I... <laughs> You just gotta, for me, I power through and I remind myself that we all, I, I, I take it as a good thing, mm -hmm. honestly. I take it as a good thing because I'm not so, I'm, I'm a pretty confident cat, but that re, imposter syndrome reminds me that I still have so much to do and so much to learn mm -hmm. and so much to give and so much, so much more to grow. I don't wanna be that person ever who walks in and is like, yeah, my shit don't stink. I'm a badass. You gotta do what I wanna do right now. Because <laughs> those people, to me, are not attractive. No. No. Uh -uh. And if I didn't have imposter syndrome, then I'd feel kind of like, oh, gee, where am I Where am I now? Am I at that point where I don't care what anyone else thinks? Am I at that point where I don't feel like I want to grow and learn and improve? 
Um, so that's kind of where I've stuck my head in. Okay, this is a good thing, even though it's hard to get past. It's a good thing. Mm -hmm. What is your? I'd like to hear your strategy. Like how I get past imposter syndrome is like if it's somebody that I would take criticism from, I would take it. But most imposter syndrome comes from criticism from others that's that's, that's in your head mm -hmm. that you're worried about what they're going to mm -hmm. say. So the way I deal with it, it, it I found it when I had a, a car dealership. Uh, Many years ago, uh, you know, I was 30, 31 years old operating a car dealership, and you know, some people give me shit for it. And I'm like, well, maybe I don't deserve this, or maybe I shouldn't be here. And I'm like, all of a sudden, one day it switched around. I'm like, well, hey, hold, hold on a minute. I'm 30 years old holding down a car dealership that's doing seven figures in revenue, and where's your fucking car dealership? Mm -hmm. Where's your car dealership? Or I'm a published author now. My name's Laurie. Where's your book? You know, and then all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. This isn't actually an accomplishment. This is something that, it, it, it's something that, that can go on my record as something that I did, that I achieved, that none of y'all have done. Mm -hmm. So call me imposter all you want, but show me yours. And then when you turn it around like that, you find a lot of people just shut up because they don't have a book to show you that was a bestseller on Amazon. They don't have a car dealership. They can tell me, well, here's the car dealership I built at 30 years old. They don't have that, you know? So for me, but, overcoming imposter syndrome was like look you know I'm here here's what I've done to this point if you can beat it then teach me and I'll learn from you and if you can't beat it well shut up I belong in this room it's mine and man apex like shit I went in that room the very first time and I was terrified I, I barely talked to anybody and god I've told this story so many times but Adam Neese came up and he's like come on man let me show you around and but until that point, I didn't feel like I deserved to be in that room. But then when I present my work and I put my things out, I lay them out on the table and say, here's my here's my stuff. Mm -hmm. I, wow, I do belong in the room, mm -hmm. you see? And that's how I get over imposter syndrome. Is, is you show me yours, I'll show that's you mine, good. and I am open and ready to learn. And it just, it vanishes at that point. So, um, yeah. All right, what else are we gonna talk about? Where well, are we at? We're almost up on time, All right. good Lord. Um, that has flown by. Uh, I think I've checked it twice the whole time we've been in here. <laughs> You're like, I'm done with this conversation. Why are we I, talking about the metaverse? I'm what not, just happened? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be done with this conversation, but... We you, could really go off on some interesting tangents, that's for sure. Uh, I wish we could. We'd have to put it on another episode. Um, man, like, I, I should just do, like, an episode where I bring, like, four apexes in here. And we'll just, oh, like, uh, God, I should we could just riff. It would be so much yeah, fun. I bet, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Bet, I bet a couple of them be down for it. There's, yeah? there's, there's some of them down in Houston. We could probably get to come do that. Um, all right. Okay. Before we wrap this up. Yes. Um, just tell us where people can find you on the internet, where they can follow you, where they can buy your fabulous products even. Oh, well, if you want to buy ProLine products, we would absolutely, uh, well, for ProLine, we sell business to business. So mm -hmm. we, we uh, it's all maintenance supervisors in hotels, apartments, school districts, mm -hmm. cities, municipalities, golf courses, anybody with a building or equipment to maintain. We've got drain openers, lubricants, hand cleaners, safety solvents, a lot of PPE, hand sanitizers, uh, all kinds of good stuff. And that's ProLineIndustrial.com. And that is, uh, that's for the VAP business. For everybody for me, listening, 99% yeah. of the people listening are business owners. So yeah. they could they, all very well be your target market. Yeah, or if they know someone in that industry, because mm -hmm. we are nationwide and we, we, I've got sales reps everywhere. Um, to reach me, it's Lori Wren, L O R I. How do you spell your last name? R E H N. <laughs> How many times did I spell it wrong today? I have. 
four letters in my last name. <laughs> Sam may not have spelled it correctly. At Just all. Just saying. At all. At all. But that's all right. It's R-E-H-N. R-E-H-N. My bad. Yeah, that's cool. I'll let you slide today. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, and Lori Wren on Facebook, uh, Lori Wren on Clubhouse, Lori underscore Wren on Instagram. Super Twitter easy. Twitter is Lori Wren1. Um, I think that's all I have right now. Is well, there something I'm missing? No, we're going to build all of those okay. into the show notes for you, yeah, too. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> man, I do not want to cut this interview off, but time is up on us, man. I've had the most fun interviewing you, and in person is just, is yeah, just super. Better. So, Laurie, thank you so much for. For being I, a guest well heck i appreciate you having me on the show in person thank you it, yeah. no it, it's been great and guys please go show laurie some love follow her socials and uh, if you are in need of uh, industrial products or uh, a little bit of uh, business consulting um, please give her a call look her up and uh, show her some love and uh, if you have enjoyed the show do me a favor drop a review screenshot it tag me in the comments post it on your instagram all that good stuff and uh, we will see you the usual time for this week's friday fire and uh, you'll be good have a great week and stay safe laurie thank you so much for coming on thank you but buy the book oh, oh don't forget to say buy the book, buy the book. in january buy the book. We'll, 2022. we'll put a link out for the book okay help we gotta go this has been the small business surgeon podcast if you've made it this far you clearly like it so go on itunes and leave us a five-star review This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.